The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Oranga. Good morning, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, which today is actually a beacon of light and hope. For Tuesday, November 27th, your host today is going to be Dr. Mary Joanne Lang, who unfortunately hit a traffic snarl, and this is Terry Aranga. I'm going to fill in for her during the first segment, and then she will join us, and we will be here with our guest, Dr. Jacqueline Marquette. Dr. Marquette is an autism transition specialist who is the founder and creator of the Capability Approach and the Broad Creative Support System, tools that relate to vocation, life goals, and interdependent living for individuals on the autism spectrum. Dr. Marquette holds a Kentucky teaching certification in learning behavior disorders. She has been researching and teaching since 1988 and was an adjunct professor at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky. Since 1998, she's been consulting on behalf of young adults with autism in school transition or in challenging life phases. She's also in private practice. And our topic today is autism vocational evaluation and employment planning with a focus on the capability approach model, which was developed by Dr. Marquette. Welcome, Dr. Marquette. Well, thank you. I appreciate being on the radio show to talk about it. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your good information with our listeners. Did I misspeak during that introduction? Are you, um, does the broad creative support system and does the capability approach uh, relate to interdependent living or independent living? Well, they they relate to actually both independent and interdependent living because most of our folks don't always achieve total independence across all areas of living. Okay. And I, I can explain that now if you would like me to. Um, the interdependent living uh, is more, is it reflects the, the supports that a person needs from the, the family, the neighbors, the community, uh, people who understand and acknowledge his challenges to help him or her to become, um, you know, to reach higher capability levels in jobs or, you know, going, pursuing college or training. That's good. That's really good because that even broadens the scope of what your capability approach and the broad creative support system address, not just independent living, but also the interdependent living that you just talked about. So you developed the capability approach, and before we talk about that, can you please give our listeners some background on your adult son, Trent Altman, his level of affect, 
and eventual successes, and how raising Trent helped you on the path to developing the capability approach. Sure. Um, Trent is 35 years old. I can't hardly believe it. Um, he was diagnosed with autism in 1980. He was born in 1977, and that's before the big you know, rush, you know, pe- all of the you know, young kids being diagnosed with autism. And uh, he was nonverbal. Um, it was just right after the, the Public Law 94-142 Act, you know, that allowed uh, children with disabilities to be integrated into the school system. And um, so he was, he was generally in self-contained classes. He was pulled out for, um, oh, like for music and gym and things like that. Um, but my my focus, even from the time that he was three, uh, was you know way ahead in the future. You know what? How do people with autism live when they're 21? And fortunately, I I didn't look at the the data that was so uh, detrimental. But I found some information from a, a place called uh, CSAC, Community Services for Autistic Children and Adults, and that was in the early 80s, and they were accomplishing a lot of success with adults living in their apartments and, and going off to work, you know, and um, I, I actually went to visit it. It was in Maryland, and it gave me so much hope for Trent that I just, all I did was just focus all of my time and effort and energy and my studies and my schooling and transition and employment and living in the community with a disability. So so that that's how I, I, I was so gung-ho about this, that when he got to high school, um, I've I convinced the school system to start um, an employment program, and he was one of the first to be in it for those with significant disabilities. And he actually had several jobs while he was in high school. He had uh, worked in a grocery store. Uh, he worked in a hardware store, um, different places, and um, he actually was paid. He actually had paid work. So he actually left school with a paid job. Um, so, um, so I was really into all of that, but unfortunately transition hit hard like it does for most families. And, um, you know, there, there was a gap of time when, um, you know, he couldn't keep his job. Uh, a lot of things happened within the family, divorce, moving our home. And he went through a, a period of regression that went into uh, obsessive compulsive disorders that prevented him from even going into the community at all, like to the grocery store for about eight months. So I went through that that period of trying to figure out what's next for him, and um, and my learning and my struggle through that, and Trent's Trent too. I need to say that he took part in it, and um, we 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 initiated the person centered planning. Um, uh, approach, and I got a team of people together on his behalf and got a, a resource. So there was a small grant in our state, and that's when I started putting the pieces together that reflect the things that's in the capability approach now. And uh, Dr. Lang will be picking up with you in just a little bit and talking more about the person-centered approach, uh, especially as contrasted with the family-centered approach, but Trent is so successful now. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, yes, he. I, I do think he's very successful. He lives uh, the life that he loves. Um, he is an artist. Um, we found out that he he was he enjoyed doing painting about 
10 or 11 years ago, and it was by accident that we found out. And um, we we built upon that. We uh, we allowed him more time to do it. We connected him with other artists, first in a dis- uh, creative diversity studio with artists with other disabilities. And then, you know, as he progressed, you know, we... we ventured out and he he goes to find art shows he's been at autism one now uh for every year exhibiting his art and uh autism one was actually one of the first places that we that gave me a little confidence to venture out and show his art um you know just to see you know what people would think about it um so you know it's 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 evolving, and he just uh, won an award this past year. The United Nations um, gave him an award because they used his image on a stamp to promote autism awareness around the world, and that was definitely an honor for him. Um, he, we actually went to New York City to attend the United Nations ceremony. Um, it was just such a privilege to be part of a group that you know wants to raise awareness around the world on autism. And he was just at the genius of art show. Yes, he was. Um, the McCartan Foundation in New York City um, held um, a fundraiser, and they honored um, I think uh, 14 people around the world with autism. And um, they paid for their way, their uh, you know travel and accommodations. And there were uh, dancers, singers, musicians, artists like Trent, um, all performing that night, and were honored uh, for their gifts and strengths. Um, you know, with autism, uh, the the idea behind it is that because they have autism, many of them had these spectacular strengths and gifts. Uh, to perform, uh, and it was that was another <laughs> amazing peak experience for for Trent and for all of us, his family. Well, you've done such a good job, Jackie, and we're going to take our quarterly hour break here and encourage listeners to stay tuned as Dr. Lang joins uh, Dr. Jacqueline Marquette, and then you can hear too some of her strategies for helping uh, your son or daughter be successful. So we will be right back here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. 
Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, this is uh, Dr. Mary Jo Lang, and I'm filling in for uh, Terry Ranga, who was on the show just previously. And I'm going to be following up with Dr. Marquette. Um, and her capability approach regarding adults with autism. Um, thank you for uh, visiting with me, Dr. Marquette. And I, the next step is really what was your uh, background with the Kentucky school system before uh, developing the capability approach? Sure. Um, I have been um, a special education teacher well, I was a special education teacher from 1988 to 1998, and I taught all levels in all different grades, you know, uh, over the course of those years. Some of the, my students did have autism, mm-hmm. and after that, I joined, um, I wrote a, a project, uh, well, I led a project in our state called the Autism Community Training, and we were getting a new Kentucky Autism Training Center in our state, and I asked them, since my son was transitioning at that time, I asked them to develop a project that would help promote, you know, employment for people with autism. And Mm -hmm. I participated in that uh, project for a couple of years. Um, After that, I I did work as a consultant for a school district employing um, over 55 students with autism, uh, no, not autism, developmental disabilities, and mm-hmm. uh, I worked there for four or five years, and then I took a break, and I did a lot of research and reading, and that was for my dissertation, and my dissertation, I um, I wanted to see, I already, at that time, I had already established uh, uh, what I call interdependent living for my son to live in his own place with 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 assistance. And I wanted to find out what did other were there any other parents out there that were doing that, and how mm-hmm. were they doing that? And I wanted to. I had long in-depth interviews, and I got a lot of uh, valuable information across the board of 15 different families. Mm-hmm. So that that gave me a lot of data, plus my own uh, experience in it. You know, living through it yourself, you know, can be very valuable, and. Um, and it didn't just happen overnight, but uh, as I started researching and putting some of these pieces together, I developed somewhat of a checklist. And with a, with my with a professor, we looked at it and we said this could end up being a scale. Well, mm-hmm. um, it did, and I called it the Capability and Independence Scale. And um, and after I graduated, I started working with families, and I started developing it more. Um, more intricately, and um, I'm, you know, I've been using it now since 2007 with uh, with parents, and uh, through the last two years of the the Kentucky Vocational Rehabilitation Department here. So 
Well, I have a question. Um, there are two questions. Um, in Kentucky, uh, is, has the economic situation uh, impacted the, what the schools are able to do in transition? Um, I know here in California, uh, the financial situation has been devastating to special education. And um, I'm just curious about how they're handling it in Kentucky. Yes, they're obviously, you know, the economic uh, situation is, is bad here as well as any place in the United States. Um, and that has, you know, I'm sure that ha that's a variable that has really affected transition. Mm -hmm. However, at the same time, I do believe that 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 we have pushed transition to the back burner, and there are other things that get put up in the front, like you know test scores and um, right, you know those types of things. And and our folks, our kids, our teens with uh, with developmental disabilities are not getting the functional curricula that they need. They're not getting. Um, you know, even job shadows, job tryouts, um, you know, they may not have employment like my son had back in the 80, uh, 90s, but, mm -hmm. you know, they're not getting, uh, they're not getting very much in the area of what, what happens after high school and what can I learn and do now that will carry me, you know, after, you know, like a bridge to my post high school life. And, um, you know, I, I think we could be doing a better job, but you know that's that's policy driven, and I think we do need to look at that. You know, as a whole. Oh, I we I couldn't agree with you more because um, after uh, high school, and is it at 22 in Kentucky where the student can stay in a public school, or is it 18? No, it, it's 22. It's 22. Yes. Yeah. Because at 22, after you, you have you have essential here in California, you don't have a lot of uh, support to continue your job opportunities or things like that. No, you um, don't. I mean, yeah. I understand. Yes. So one of the things the things that you brought up was uh, this um, interdependent living. Who f just because I'm curious and, and people will want to know, how is that funded? Is that federal funding, HUD housing? How do, you, how do people obtain funding for that? Okay. All right. Interdependent, interdependent living is written. It comes from the rich research of Turnbull and Turnbull. And their, their belief and their research shows that it, it's just not the – like transition just doesn't impact the student. It, it right. really it affects the entire family. Right. And it's a belief that, you know, when when people, when our folks do move into post-high school outcomes, they're not the responsibility of their own um, ability independently. And mm -hmm. it's the idea of supports that, that enable the person. And you're... As far as uh, a resource that is tied to interdependent living, I don't know of any specific resource. What what I advocate for is that the resources that are available, like we we have uh, a waiver program, 
we have two waiver programs, well, three, but one is for to live in residence, you know, have a residential um, living, mm -hmm. and the other one is day, and day programming. And mm -hmm. part of that uses uh, the concept of, um, you know, sheltered workshops, sheltered programs, but mm -hmm. there's another part that looks at consumer-directed option. And in our state, we can, uh, a family could actually even hire a, um, um, a neighbor or someone they know through church to do community-related uh, things that will, you know, help, you know, use their sure. interest or job. Related. We have something similar. Uh, um, certainly we have day programs and, and group home situations and things like that, but it's, it must be just um, a, a little bit different. Um, here at Beacon Day School, we do have a transition program, and we are uh, creating what I want to call a self-sustaining uh, day program or community so that, uh, so, so that the students and the young adults have uh, something to come to and do every day. My, my question to you is, is how is, is unemployment uh, a significant issue there in Kentucky? Yes. It's a significant issue across the United States. Um, only 90% of people with autism that go to vocational rehabilitation ever get past the, vocation, the evaluation phase. And then they, you know, they, they just wait and wait, and then they tend to drop out because they don't get beyond that. Counselors do not, you know, refer them to vendors. They don't, they don't, they don't see them as, um, as employable. And they, they're still using terms as um, IQ, which they shouldn't be because no. uh, support employment is for those with mm -hmm. significant disabilities. And they still use behavior challenges and and I have been told by a number of them that we just don't get it. We just don't understand autism challenges. So the natural thing to do is if you don't understand it, you just shy away from it. And right. unfortunately, that's leading to, like you said, you know, uh, unemployment un and just sitting at home doing uh, video games and just lingering or floundering. Well, adult. just in my experience, the IQ is the uh, least helpful score because it, in, in anything because it is um, it's a summary score that gives you no direction. So it, uh, yes, I agree with you. The uh, student or the young adult. Um, so, what are, what supports given given the vocational system? Do you have ideas of how to support uh, young adults in transition? Yes, I do. I'm glad that you asked. Um, <clears throat> yes, um, the model that I developed is uh, the capability approach, and it's just as it sounds. It's looking at what a person can do in an optimum environment. And there's a, the idea behind it is that, that the supports, you know, are necessary. And I, I mentioned earlier the capability and independence skill that I developed in my research. I, w I was using that, but I didn't know how many of those impacted 
um, how many of those items impacted um, employment uh, readiness. Uh, so I, I conducted a pilot project, and I, I discovered that 27, there are 27 vocational priorities that are specifically important to employment. So by looking at these items, you know, m most scales look at what well, can he do it or can he can he not do it? And that kind of cuts you off and you say, well, we can't do employment. But mm -hmm. with this scale, we look at, we do look at both independently. How well does this individual um, considers options, for instance, and makes choices? We look mm -hmm. at that independent level, but we also look at, well, how has he been able to cons uh, make choices or consider options? What things have worked in the past? And what I do is uh, it's a team approach involving uh, parents, obviously, uh, anyone who knows the individual well. Um, it could even be a, a past school teacher, professionals who know them well. And I use a structure of um, four areas, broad areas. And we, we do this within our, um, our, our uh, treatment and our um, designing of uh, supports now. But this structure helps us keep focused. And it's uh, environments, like wh where does this young adult, you know, make choices well? What environments? Um, what tools does he need to communicate? Does he use, like, uh, a checklist when he goes to the grocery store to purchase some items for dinner? Does he, uh, those kinds of things. It might even be an iPad, an iPod. Uh, it's so, I mean, we could we list maybe hundreds in that area. But the thing is, the structure allows us to ask the question, and then to draw from it what we see that works with the individual or what we might want to try that we haven't tried. Mm -hmm. uh, structure is very important. You know, I know you know all of this because, um, you know, the routine, the time of day. Um, right. It might even be the routine of the task. Um, and then lastly, the, to me the most important is what we call people supports. But the people supports are also involved a person who uh, sees capability above, you know, inability and actually, you know, wants to promote these supports and understanding. So we need more people supports out there. It could include employers. It could include uh, or it does include employers and coworkers, um, uh, support employment vendors, employment specialists. Excuse me. Let me just, because I think I might have missed something. The first thing you mentioned was environment. Yeah. And then, and the second was structure. Uh, well, the second, the second is um, our tools. That uh, that could mean any kind of a tool that would help the individual. Um, Re receive information in this environment, interpret it, and then respond. Right. So, you know, like if you're on a job, how are you going to receive um, information of what's going to happen during the day? Are you going to have a, a coworker that may come up to you and tell you that things have changed today? You have to work in this area or in this task. Um, you know, it's and then how does he stay on task? You know, how does he? Um, you know, right. respond yeah. and shows that he understands what he's doing. Um, so and the what, tools and so then structure. The one? Structure. Uh -huh. And then the last one is people support. Okay. 
and four is people supports. Okay, um, so in, in, in setting this um, capabilities program um, up and, and using the uh, interdisciplinary model, if you will, how is this volunteer for this person, or is this a funded um, um, situation that can be funded through, other, like, the residential program or your day program or, uh, you know, uh, different uh, state resources? Well, uh, you know, th this is early, and it's, uh, you know, use, I'm using it. I've only used it for a few years, and in, in our state, um, I contract services to the vocational rehabilitation. Um, definitely my goal for this, I mean, I'm seeing the results of this because it helps clear, it makes things with clear to uh, families about a you know, direction of how to go, you know, meet their goals, whether their employment or, you know, for some folks, you know, participating in a hobby and just having a, a quality of day, you know, living. Mm -hmm. um, that's why it's so very individualized. Um, but, yeah, my goal is to to use it in a, you know, I've only used it with eight people in a study besides the other people that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to use this in, a, you know, in a school, in a transition program. That's my next step is to get that or in a, a vocational program where where some folks with um, autism are you know learning a training and those types of things that will lead to a job um, so you know my my goal is to to get wider um, um, you know do a wider study on this and and show the results of you know how it's impacted folks and you know different levels different schools. <laughs> Gee, it sounds like you might be able to get a really wonderful grant to expand your study population from eight. Sounds very um, exciting yeah, to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping you know that that is my next step. And um, you know, I've even though I've I've done it in Kentucky, I've only done it in a small area. So uh -huh. I think there's going to be different levels of. Uh, Doing this, you know, right now I'm the I'm the one that does it. You know, I'm I know how to use the scale and ask the you know conduct the interview and do the analysis and the synthesis. That is, uh -huh. you know, to build up how how a person gets to the goals that he or she wants to get to and the supports that they need. But I think another level would be to train people in doing this, so you know that they can do this. You know, on a wide scale, I would love to get a whole state that would, uh, you know, open their doors for exploring, you know, how do we better uh, meet the challenges of autism and increase mm -hmm. the employment options. And just that, out of curiosity, how many items are there on the scale? Um, there are 35 items, and when I first developed it, I called them life skill items because I wanted to, I was focusing on quality of life. Which, which you know, this, this shows quality of life too. Uh -huh. um, but out of those 35, 27 of them were particularly noted, notable to these participants. That no, you know, he needs this specific skill to mm -hmm. be employed. 
and and you know I've uh, one for instance is accommodating accommodates to new uh, environments and new settings. Well, that that can be a very difficult skill for a lot of our folks. And when they do that, how what supports are they going to have to have in place to accommodate to a new setting? And you know that's just one of them. Uh, but I did come up with nine that came that were pertinent to nearly all the participants in the study that, you know, went across all of them. Nine, nine items. Okay. Well, it sounds absolutely fascinating because one of the things that I think is uh, so important is to, and this, for lack of a better word, quantifies one's ability, a student's ability, and so you can lead them in the appropriate direction. So this is, uh, I really applaud you in your in your efforts. Well, thank you. If I, I don't know if you have to go to a commercial, but I'd like to say something to what you just said. Sure. Um, I, yeah, we, yeah. I haven't heard the music that's what, yet. That's, so. that's another uh, plus about the scale. Uh-huh. Is that it becomes a progress monitoring scale because you can uh, rate the individual independently as compared to his peers, mm-hmm. and and you can give another item uh, with the supports in place. And mm-hmm. what I found out, and what we found out, is that you know with the supports in place, you know they become more capable. So this could be a, a progress monitoring tool through training. Uh, employment training and um, on-the-job training to see how well they're progressing along the way. Well, I, I mean, I am absolutely thrilled that you you have done this because, um, and I do, and I really hope that you are able to get a grant to um, get a a, a broader um, base. Um, of subjects, so it can generalize to um, people uh, to people other than the eight that you have uh, had in your uh, dissertation. Okay, well, uh, thank you. Well, you've you've answered a lot of these um, questions, but I'd like to go. Uh, um, what just out of curiosity before. I get um, into this further is is the, is the scale published and is it available uh, generally to let's say Beacon Day School where we have a transition program? How do you get how do you uh, access it? Well, okay, I'm going to um, all right. I'm, I've been I'm thinking about my my work too as a consultant. And a person that wants to study it, um, it's it's going to be published. You know, I've already written an article on it, and it will be mm-hmm. published. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as uh, the scale goes, I'm 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 seeking to do um, you know training so that mm-hmm. people understand it. You know, I have known in the past some some teachers or special ed directors have taken the scale. And they're not using it the way that 
you know, I thought that they should use it, and they're only sure. using it as a um, number. Excuse they're just looking. They're just we're in the numbers. hearing the music, so we have to take um, a short break. And I look forward to coming back and talking to you more about your scale and how it how it can be used. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. I'll see you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. Have you figured out what's not working in your life? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaron, for Let's Figure It Out. Tamaron has had both highs and lows in her life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to live a better life through health, relationships, and more. Her guests also come from the health and wellness industry, and together, Tamaron and her guests will help you get your life on the right path. Let's Figure It Out airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. It's a beautiful day. Do you look your best? Do you feel your best? While everybody ages, why does it seem to show more in some people than others? It could have to do with what's inside and how it affects you outside. Tune in to Health and Beauty for Life with Dr. Tang and Alexandra. Their training in medicine and nutrition brings proven results with their patients. And now they're ready to bring that knowledge to you. We'll answer your questions and explore innovations in technology and medicine to keep you looking and feeling your best. Tune in Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. The scale. So it, how, how is it? Um, how did, would they misuse it, for example? Is it through the analysis interpretation? How, um, is it hard to analyze, uh, user-friendly, you know, those kinds of things? Okay, well, for, first let me go through the process of what I do. And obviously there can be adjustments. It doesn't have to be exactly the way that I do it. Uh, well, you know, I, you know, I get a team of people together and we have a meeting and I interview using the scale, you know, asking pertinent questions, getting, you know, demographic data on a sheet and, and showing them how to use the scale. And it's so easy because some people actually take forms with them and give them to um, Aunt Anne or someone who knows the individual mm-hmm. very well. And because, you know, it's just like how well does he um, you know, do it? personal hygiene? That's one of them because also that's a biggie as far mm-hmm. as whether you keep a job or not, if you can keep up with your personal hygiene. And, you know, how well does he does he do it independently? And then how well does 
uh, what supports does he need, you know, in mm-hmm. order to be more capable at personal hygiene. So, you know, I find all that information out, then they mail the forms to me, and then I go through an analysis of looking at all of the quantifiable data and then all of the rich anecdotal data that they give me also in the form. Mm-hmm. And then I look at their goals because I don't know this individual, right? So I look right. at their goals, and based on all of this information that they give me, I, I provide some recommendations that can lead them, you know, closer to their goal or, um, you know, maybe, maybe the goal is to get a college degree. Well, you're going to have to break that down to, you know, getting into college and, and, and either living on campus and being successful there. So, um, so I break, I offer recommendations and I put it in a, a lengthy report and, um, it can be used to take to an employment specialist that is, uh, going to be job carving for that individual and it makes his or her job easier because a lot of the information that parents and teachers wish that employment coaches knew is already in there and if you know, they would have access to all of that information. Um, so that's what I do. Now, the harm in, in using it, I guess there's probably not really a lot of harm. You're just not going to get as much information. Uh, right. I've seen, you know, just take the scale alone and give quantifiable numbers, mm-hmm. But and w- even without the anecdotal data. And I think, you know, I think without getting feedback from a variety of people and just one teacher doing it, um, it's just not going to, it's going to give you just a narrow bits of information. And I don't even know how useful it can be other than that, you know, this is, this is, you know, something that reflects what I see uh, as a teacher if she were doing that. And I think, um, you know, I think we, we really need to know the con, I think it's really based on some real strong concepts that have been proven mm-hmm. in research. Um, a lot of the information, the pieces of the information is based on evidence-based models. Uh, uh-huh. for, for instance, the vocation, I haven't gotten this far in the vocational skills, but I think there's a strong connection to soft vocational skills. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that's been written a lot in research that a person is going to be more likely to keep his job if he has uh, good soft vocational skills, and I think there's a direct relationship with that. So, um, so I, you know, I don't know how I got off into that, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so I, I think um, I think understanding the concepts. Um, I think the world is when I say the world, the people in the disability world were so drawn to deficit thinking and. And we don't, even though if we don't mean to, it's just so heavily weighted within our system, like, mm-hmm. you know, what he can't do or what she can't do, that this is like an upside-down approach. Well, what can he do when we add these supports? And um, so, I, you know, I think it's, um, I think a lot of people think like this, but I think it's good to remind people that this is, this is what the scale is based upon, these um, this way of thinking. I know the focus of the scale is on autism, 
Um, and but did you compare this, the use of the scale, like from uh, on individuals with autism to individuals with other uh, developmental disabilities? And was there and was there a difference? No, I haven't gotten that far in my research. And um, you know, I do encourage. Yeah, I would love to join other researchers. I'm basically a qualitative research because I think qualitative really gets at the heart and the meaning of people's lives. Mm -hmm. But I do think to make this uh, scale psychometrically sound, um, you know, additional research needs to be done on that. And I do welcome <laughs> uh, researchers who are, um, you know, are you know, can do that very well, uh, either to join me in a project or, um, you know, call me. You know, call me, email me. Um, you know, you know, I would love that, too. I well, think that's it, important. It, 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 it sounds just, um, just very good. And I understand your caution when you say um, it uh, – Sometimes people, in, in the goodness of their heart, um, miss, look for a number, and and the number certainly doesn't tell everything about that individual student to allow you to make uh, significant decisions about the child's uh, or the student's or young adult's capabilities. And it's certainly something that is on my mind here at Beacon Day School in our transition program. And we have children here that have moderate to severe um, autism, for lack, for lack of a better descriptive term. So we're looking uh, at um, some self-sustaining activities so that they can um, earn their own money and uh, and and be more and more um, independent. And that gets and of course that goes back to something like a day program and getting funding for that. But that's right now very uh, challenging in California. I understand. So your your right. uh, scale might be very useful in helping us direct, uh, for example, what types of activities would best uh, um, help um, a young adult be more independent, especially in the job market, either to develop their own micro-enterprise or to be employed. Absolutely, and several of the the uh, participants that had autism, you know, that, that was what they went into because, you know, you, they might want to work at their own pace and, um, you know, it's just, it's a very individualized thing. And in microenterprises, you're going to need support most likely from the family or someone that's going to, um, you know, work in that with the young adult too. Um, yes. Do you work with your son in his um, artistic endeavors? Because I think he's so talented. I really do. Oh, thank you so much. And oh, I just laugh when you say that. Oh my gosh, he. Yes. I mean, the this, this would not be uh, happening if my husband and I both did not work in it. Because uh, well, you you've seen that at, us at the Autism One conference. I mean, mm -hmm. all of the things, the setups, and then you know the sales and. Um, 
and then going to fine arts shows. I mean, all of that takes our part. And 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 Trent does does the paintings. He owns all of that part of it. Um, but he also contributes to setting up his booth, breaking it down. Um, he's into the mechanical parts of that uh, too. So he's, you know, he does what he can, and we do what he can't. <laughs> Well, and and that makes sense. I mean, um, everybody um, has strengths and challenges, and I certainly have my own. But <laughs> I do too, because <laughs> I certainly, uh, um, you know, even even here at Beacon, there is no way I could do everything. I mean, it just wouldn't even make sense. So, um, and we're but, not supposed to. I don't think so. No, uh, and it's, I, I don't think so either. And I'm I'm comfortable doing what what I am doing, but I I like the idea of I'm, for example here we have Beacon Barking Biscuits and they're gluten casein free uh, dog biscuits that are um, that the students and in the transition program um, make. Oh, well, that's and, interesting. That's and, very that's yeah, a neat and and it ha- and so um if anybody is interested in gluten gazen free dog biscuits these are are terrific <laughs> and and they're safe and uh so if a, you know somebody put them in their mouth they're you know there's nothing that's harmful in there it's just um anyway the uh the dogs really uh, like it, and we've gone to dog we've gone to dog shows and other things where we have uh, sold them, and and it's been a great success. But it 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 some students can do one aspect of of the process, and other students can do the other other aspects, so that you have a completed whole uh, yes. project. Absolutely. And so, and, for example, just putting them in a bag and uh, putting the label on it is a uh, is a significant sure is. Uh, contribution to the process. Absolutely. So I'm I'm going to bring some uh, to Autism One this year. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I I. Uh, my view is, yeah, I'm sure there are students who can go out and work independently in different um, uh, businesses, uh, whether it be a grocery store or an office doing office work or whatever they're doing. But there are other students who will need more support, and a, a microenterprise is is more of a way – uh, to go for those students, absolutely. Not that the other students can't. And let, let me give you one example of how this scale works, regardless of the the disability severity mm-hmm. level. Um, I, you know, I had uh, one young adult uh, was uh, gifted, genius level. Um, uh, went to, lived in Wisconsin. Went to uh, Florida State University because he got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, to, for chemical engineering, and two weeks later, the dorm person or manager had called parents and said that he's been locked up in his room in the corner, and please come and get him. 
he was not able to, you know, even at genius level, he wasn't able to, you know, handle all of the diverse settings and, um, you know, the demands of college at that time. And and what what would be important for him would be a mentor who would be, you know, more available at the beginning and to, you know, kind of walk him through and, and show him where things are on the campus. Um, that's one example. And then... Uh, Example of a young adult that has severe uh, autism. Mm -hmm. um, he, his mother says that you know, even staying out in the community with for one hour is a challenge for him. And so, you know, looking at you know his interest uh, and how how to what supports he needs in place to to be introduced to new settings so he can go more places with his family. Um, these types of things, and also doing something of value. She wants him to have a job, even if it's for four hours a week. And she's, you know, working hard at working uh, through the voc rehab system, creating uh, a, a, a job probably similar to some tasks that your students do with the, uh, you know, the making of the dog biscuits. Right, but, right. You know, looking at something that would be a three-step process that he could probably do in the community and have someone with him of course so right. this this assessment regardless of um you know what level you're at you the supports just look different and and how people how you use the supports you know are, are different so um, well i will tell you that i'm really looking forward again to seeing you in uh, at the autism one conference and I'm hoping that maybe we can get together sooner because uh, I think your research and your interest is so vital to the uh, individuals that are in are in transition. Well, thank uh, you. Can I leave my website? It's sure. Uh, please just do. go to www.drjackiemarquette.com. Well, I please do, and I am really. Uh, like I said, I think I'm really impressed. I hope that other um, institutions or schools would be um, willing or able to collaborate with you into uh, getting a broader base uh, for the use of this scale so, so people can take advantage of it. Well, thank um, you. So I'm even hoping that, um, you know, later in the week I can call you back and maybe we can have a chat on how we can collaborate because I think oh. it would be uh, such fun. Well, absolutely. I, I look forward to it. Well, uh, let me just say, uh, do you have a take-home uh, message for parents in in? 50 okay. to 100 words or less, because okay, I can see I, I, that we are running out of time. Sure. I think what happens during after high school, or even while they're teens in high school, they tend to be gravitate more to home and to video games and TV and those types of things. Don't, uh, keep, just make it a practice to um, expose them to different settings, different environments, and if you can connect it to their interests and their strengths, that's even better. Um, don't get locked into, um, you know, well, you know, just staying at home and being more sheltered from, from uh, the community, you know, people in the community, because that's when 
another doctor told me, uh, a medical doctor told me, that's when other clinical diagnoses come into play, OCD, depression, right. and, you know, you don't need anything on top of autism. Um, well, you know, I, I, we are unfortunately out of, out of time, and I okay. will be contacting you later in the week. Um, I, I would like to thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we just love tra- trans paintings, and I hope to get thank more. Thank you. If I, um, and I and congratulations to Trent on his award. Uh, I think that is absolutely incredibly fabulous, and to you and your hard work. I look forward to seeing you at the Autism One Conference in Chicago, May 2013, uh, where you will be con- coordinating the exhibits of art from students with autism. What an exciting adventure that would be! Oh, it's um, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'd like to thank you, um, our listeners, for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Th- thank you, Dr. Marquette, and I will be talking to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.